treat yourself to Jessica Bram, best-selling author of Happily Ever After Divorce, as she shares her famously triumphant and often humorous story of going it alone. This episode will reveal how your divorce is really the gift that keeps on giving, what the best gifts are to give your children without going broke or feeling guilty, and the joy of life on the other side of divorce. I'm Sharon Pastore, and this is the Healthy Divorce Podcast. Let's move forward. You're listening to the Healthy Divorce Podcast. Join us as we help you navigate your divorce without going broke, relationships in ruin, or ending up in court. You'll get into financial and emotional shape, make sense of the legal process, get strong enough to negotiate for yourself, be a mindful parent, stay amicable with your spouse so you can get a fresh start. Please welcome your host for this episode, Adina Laver, founder of Courage to be Curious and formerly Divorce Essentials. So let me like reveal it, the cat's out of the bag here. Many of you saw it, who our guest is today, and our guest is Jessica Brom. And I'm really excited because I think it's almost two years ago when I first got introduced to Jessica's book, Happily Ever After Divorce, Notes of a Joyful Journey. And um, it has a fabulous picture on the front here, at least the copy and version that I have of what looks like a person in a wedding dress with then combat boots on the cover. And maybe Jessica will tell us a little bit about that. Um, but I'm really excited to have her here. And she, there's this, um, something that we had on the website here. But really what her book is about is really a, a book to share with people Divorce is difficult. The process can be a really challenging journey and is a challenging journey for many of us. And there is something on the other side and there are possibilities through the process and on the other side that we've never been able to imagine. And in the book, she does just a magnificent job of being very real, sharing with us what some of the really challenging moments are because we all face them in one way or another. And, you know, what it is that got her through and how things turned out on the other side, because in the midst of it, it can feel very difficult to see the light that's at the end of the tunnel. So really excited to have her here. I'm going to give her a few minutes to introduce herself and add anything additionally that she wants to tell you about what she's doing now. And then we'll get started in our conversation. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be with you. Um, I was just delighted to be asked, and I know that you geared this toward uh, gifts for yourself as a single parent. Um, and uh, parenting through the holidays particularly, and that's kind of what I address a lot in the book. Um, just to, you know, to talk about my book and what really inspired me to, to write it, I was one of these people who swore that I was going to stay married no matter what. If it was a bad marriage, if it was a difficult marriage, if it wasn't exactly making me happy or we were having our problems, the children, once I had children, I was never, ever going to subject children to divorce. And that's because I grew up as a child of divorce. And it's one of those, you know, uh, despite what you think is going to happen is not necessarily what's going to happen. It happened anyway. And um, what I 
found out. So I went into it dreading, absolutely dreading that this was going to be a harmful thing to my children, awful for me. And what I discovered, and I write about so many of these experiences of my book is in Happily Ever After Divorce, is, you know, I would go into each of these experiences um, fearful or insecure or worried or or feeling guilty or a whole number of negative feelings. And by working through the experience, I just found so many unexpected opportunities for growth and independence and joy and getting to know my children in a new way and finding things out about myself in a new way. So, you know, it's not that divorce, sometimes people interpret this the the cover that you mentioned is a you know funny haha this is such a funny story it's not there's nothing really f- funny about it but that the surprise was that rather than being miserable um so much came out of it that was joyful which just to you know give you a spoiler alert to the ending did end up for a happy mar- happy ending to me and I'm remarried happily so um but uh I know you wanted me to address the issue of the holidays, correct? Yeah. So Jessica, you know, let's, let me just, I want to say something about one thing you just shared and then let's go into the holidays. Um, actually two things. One is, you know, as I was listening to you just talk now and I'm looking at the picture and of course combat boots now are very in fad and in fashion. Both my daughters <laughs> have them and the um, picture I have here is, as I said, somebody in a wedding dress with what looks like, you know, what would now be Steve Madden combat boots um, on her feet. And right. that idea that, you know, we wear those delicate shoes at the wedding and everything is all, you know, things like that. But then, you know, this is hard work. You know, it's a hard journey and not even just getting divorced, but getting divorced and getting to the other side into a positive life. And I really want to underscore that because you said, you know, you said it's about working things through, that it is hard work. We can get through divorce and be miserable. And that's actually a lot easier, right? We don't have to do as much work getting through just signing legal papers and then being miserable or unhappy, resentful, and angry. It's actually easier to do that. Getting through and getting to a place where we can find that joy again is hard work. And so I look at those boots and it really, you know, symbolizes for me that sense of, you know, it's about wanting something. It's about, you know, if we've decided to end a marriage or we've come to the place where marriage has to end, that there's something on the other side. What is it going to be and the work that it's going to take to get there? And when I look at those boots, I think of that and I think of the fact that you put them on and you journeyed through this hard and true to get to the other side. But you do get to the other side, which is the message that I have now. It really does get behind you, which is sometimes why it even surprises me to find myself talking about divorce. But, you know, it still is a, is a very wonderful, just right. been so wonderful for me to be able to communicate that message to people because it re- people get a lot of hope out of it. I remember that feeling when I was in the middle of it thinking, it is always going to be this way. I am always going to be miserable. I'm always going to be lonely. I'm always going to be worrying about my children, that this is my life now. And that's what I really hoped the book would do is to let people know, uh uh-uh, this is not your life now. This is something that's going to happen, be done, and you'll be beyond it. And you'll be um, in a whole different place after that. And you'll be smiling again. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's the message that, uh, that I just want to give over and over again. So in that, that I don't get tired of talking about ever. Fantastic. And, you know, just uh, the tail end of that to say is when, um, 
as I work with people and I work with my clients, you know, who bring me in so that they don't have to do it alone, right? It's sometimes we think we have to suck it up and do it all alone and we don't make a journey like this alone. And the most beautiful thing is when people bring me in and I can walk side by side with them through this journey so that they really don't have to do it alone. But let's turn out to the holidays because that's where we are. We are just, you know, we're in early December here, almost mid-December, and it's really on people's minds. There are a lot of complicated pieces to the holidays even if we weren't considering divorce, navigating, or recently post-divorce. But if we are, it is that much more difficult, that much more complex. And so, you know, tell us a little bit about your experience initially through the holidays, because it was tough. And in your book, you talk about some of the challenges that you encounter. So, you know, what was that experience when you were, you know, navigating this process through the holidays? Well, the holidays brought up so many opportunities for negativity, for so many challenges. For one thing, um, we were share. We had to share the children. Uh, they, I had to. I would not have them all the time. I would only have them some of the time, and they were going to be with their father some of the time. You know, we still keep to that uh, with you know every other year Thanksgiving, every other year you know various holidays, and and then uh, the Christmas holiday. I know some mo- many people split the Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, or Christmas and New Year's, um, but that's just the reality of it. And the reality of it was I was going to find myself without the children some of the time, and I could get I, I I did get into a very negative space a lot of times about really being over focused on what were they doing with him what were you know where when were they going to be with him as if it was some feeling of he was getting more than I was there was a a competi- competition on top of that yet yeah, the word competition comes up because. Um, I was not in the financial position that I had been before when we were when we were married and I was not in the position to put to be buying lots of really great gifts for them and the latest Wii or Xbox or whatever it was and the simple reality of it was I don't know how this happened but his father definitely was and his father continued and continues to be to this day but and I'm happy for I'm very happy for him and for for them but he could for example take them on ski trips um he could take them skiing uh that's was beyond my beyond what I could afford anymore and also the gifts themselves that would come so I got way too negative about and too focused on what was going on over there and distracted from just kind of turning to my own home, to our own family that we were, the newly, you know, reassembled family that we still were. And it took me a while to, you know, to to start to think about, well, what, what am I offering them? And in fact, you know, now that I've kind of looked back on them, they were so many things that they really did, love and value and I don't remember I don't think my kids remember which Robbie robot or whatever it is they got each year but I know they talk about the dinners or the time we had pizza together and watched the movie or uh, the things that we did together so you know turning it around and saying well let, let me look look let's look at our family what are we doing what new traditions right. might we come up with um some new traditions such as I loved when your article, Adina, about uh, watching Miracle on 34th Street is a family tradition with you, which you all watched this movie together. And I know children would not ordinarily ever watch anything in black and white, right? Oh, but um, yes, and then they adore it. <laughs> yes, or or something, you know, silly that they might not have 
have um, noticed. Uh, we have a community in my town. We do on Thanksgiving and on Christmas Day a community feast, which is a completely free dinner meal, holiday meal, and many, many of the homeless uh, people come or people without families. And you know, bringing my children to help at that and to participate in it became kind of a new a new family tradition. And I, I thought that was wonderful and important too because it helps them kind of see outside of themselves right. that. You know, beyond their own lives. Um, so I think it was, you know, really important for me to just re- to to come to learn that what I bought them, what I uh, could, you know, pay for, was not at all what they were going to later remember. The other right. thing, and and I think as a parent, if I could just mention this, is so important um, that I think the real gift that I gave them, the biggest gift, the number one gift, was to sort of give them the message that I was okay. You know, I remember being so worried about my mother. Um, and, you know, children have this feeling they have to fix it. You know, what can they do to make it better? And And really... Having, you know, knowing what it felt like as a child, I would say, I will not do that to my children. I am, when they, when I wave them off, it's going to be with a big smile and I'm going to be fine and I'm so busy with my friends while you guys are gone and I'm thrilled to see you come back. Um, that was, you know, it's not the kind of gift you could pay for, but to give them the message that their mom was okay and, um, and not feel them, make them feel guilty about the time that they spent with their father and 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 right. be joyful for them and be joyful for the extensive gifts they came back with and allow them to to enjoy what there was to enjoy and not putting them in the middle of our divorce in any way very very important Absolutely. And, you know, so in terms of, you know, this piece of what are the gifts that we can give our kids and, you know, anybody who thought they were going to come in and get the top 10 on the consumer list, um, I don't have that for you. Um, but, you know, what we do have to offer here, I think, and what, Jessica, you've really started to open our eyes to is what are the gifts that really matter? And um, I do want to share that these things, these intangible things are not the things that in the moment feel to us. It does feel compelling if they're getting a great gift from somebody else, from an aunt, an uncle, a, the partner who we're right. divorcing and things like that, something physical, something of great value, and we can't match it. That it can feel, we can, we can conjure up shame, we can be fraught with guilt and things like that. Um, and sometimes I've had parents say to me, well, when they get the good stuff from the other parent or the other parent is the one who's nice to them, that they are going to want to be with them and not with me. And one of the things, and we talked a little bit about it last month, but I want to bring it here into the gifts you've talked about, is that children are far more discerning than sometimes we give them credit for, and that a lifetime of parenting that you've been doing, whether your child's 5 or 10 or 12 or 15, however old they are, that a whole lifetime of investment as a parent is not wiped clean by a $300 Christmas gift as compared to the $25 gift that was bought someplace. That those relationships and relational pieces are so much more significant in the long run. And when we parent, we parent for the long run. We don't parent for the short run. And so the things that you talked about, and I just want to run down some of them for people. So in case anyone's making their holiday list now, what do they want to think about adding to there? 
is you talked, Jessica, about this guilt-free holiday, about allowing kids to spend time with their other parent without having to worry about you, without having to be concerned, are you going to be okay? And to be able to have the freedom to be fully joyful where they're going and with their other parent. And that's a really powerful gift to give your kids. And Jessica, how did you know the impact of that gift? When that sort of occurred to you, you know, what evidence did you have that that really mattered to your kids? Um, you know, I didn't get evidence in the moment. And in fact, in sure, the moment, right. you don't necessarily get the evidence. And you may get the opposite. You may get the, the tears or the acting out or the resentment. Um, now, I only had sons, and, I, and, and sons are not quite as hard on you as daughters, I know, can be. Um, but, but in the moment, you know, you can get, you can get, uh, you don't necessarily get, oh, mom, I really appreciate this that you're doing for me right now and <laughs> alleviating me from guilt feelings. They don't. They don't get it. I knew it. And, um, and if I messed up and if I did do something, I could just see on their face, you know, if I said something like, oh, you know, if I, if I really tried hard not to say anything negative about their father, but if a feeling kind of like came out accidentally and I could just see it and it was, it felt as though I had just struck one of my own children. So, you know, it really took my being the grown up there and not getting the immediate, I did not get the immediate feedback and the immediate gift of it. And, um, and in fact, you know, for example, you know, when I talked about ski trips, when they would happily run off to these ski trips and there the reality was you know he could spend time with them by offering them these things and and then when they were home with me kind of boring around here they'll just go hang out with their friends um i didn't get the immediate the immediate positive response from it um years later as they grew i hear it a lot and I get it a lot and I get them telling me, you know, my middle son who's a major foodie in New York City and eats in all these fancy places, he wrote me a card and said, for all the wonderful restaurants I go to, I can't find a single one that replicates the feeling that I get from a home-cooked meal. Uh, And, you know, you get it, you get it afterward, but at the time uh, you don't necessarily, in fact, I would say that Tears from a child or resentment or expression of anger is actually kind of a good thing because it means that they feel comfortable enough with, with me to, 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 you know, to, to express their feelings and then I can hear them. I don't know if that answered your question. I might have gone kind of in a circle, but, uh, the, the reality of it is when the children are, you know, younger, um, they don't do a whole lot of rewarding you in the moment. You just have to remember that you're, Doing what you're doing is what you believe is right. And I love the idea of, of having a game plan that you talked about. You know, having these things kind of lay, laid out in advance, um, talking it through, you know, having the, having the words ready, having the script ready, having some activities ready and, and, um, kind of being prepared so that it's not just, oh, um, doesn't, things don't come off out of left field and suddenly here's a day and what are we going to do um, together on this vacation day because I can't take them somewhere great. But, you know, having a plan, 
Um, and then the last thing I would say is being willing to let go of those plans too and not having expectations that it may happen the way you were hoping and it may not. And you never know. And just let it go and just, you know, do my part. What I, what I try to do is I, I do my part and this I didn't learn at the time. I, I, I do admit I have learned this afterward, which is that I may think we're going to have this happy family time in front of the TV, but they have no interest in this movie, and somebody gets fighting with somebody else, and somebody's in a bad mood, and the whole thing fell apart. <laughs> My plans did not go as planned, and just be willing to let it go and go with whatever you know, whatever else happens, because... You know, you get surprised on the good ways too. So Jessica, there were two, there were a couple of things there I just want to highlight and then I will tell people what you're talking about when you talk about the game plan. So I'll give people more insight into that because that's one of the things we want to um, help people to be able to develop for themselves. But two really important gifts and hope we're again making the list here. One of them was embedded in what you said, which is perhaps the greatest gift we can give ourselves. And I know that I, I realize this one again and again, and I have to remind myself about it, but is to be present. It is amazing how much energy, shame, and guilt, and worry can consume. And when we're in shame and guilt and worry, by definition, we're not in the present moment. If we're feeling guilty, we're in the past. If we're worrying, we're in the future. If we're feeling shame, it's about the past or it's about the past as well. So all those feelings, shame, guilt, worry, anxiety, keep us from actually being present. And what our children want most from us is to be present with them and to be showing up and to be able to connect and relate to themselves. So for a little while of being able to take whatever that worry, anxiety about money, about where the divorce may be going, whether we should separate, how this is going to affect them, like if we can take all that and stuff it in one of those stockings, right, you know, and put it away for a little while to allow ourselves to be fully present in the moment, it's perhaps one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids. The second gift you talked about was really the gift of you know, being able to, like having a plan and then being able to let go. And if you're feeling the least bit anxious, worried, concerned about how this holiday is going to pan out in your family, whether you're in considering divorce, navigating, or post-divorce, this is ties into one of the gifts we want you to walk away with today. And these are holiday game planning coaching sessions. Right. So keep hanging on. We're going to tell you a little bit more about them. And as Jessica said, having a plan in place, means that you've set the intention, you've done the thinking about what you think can lead to a really meaningful experience. And then in the moment, it actually allows you to let go of things if you need to or to shift gears or to be flexible in that too and be responsive because what you're holding to is the intention that you've set not to any of the specific details. And um, those things are really important. So that flexibility and adaptability are, are great things. And if this you know, particular holiday doesn't turn out to be your best, it's okay because next year it's going to come around again and things are going to look really differently and you have another opportunity. And tomorrow always brings another opportunity. A day is just a day and then the next day brings its new energy too. So Jessica, I also want to... 
Go ahead. Yes. Okay. I also um, was thinking, you, as you spoke, it got me thinking about the, the things that I did that were for myself. You're not for oh, myself. that's exactly where I wanted to go. go. You're reading my well, mind. Good. So, good, but let's good. turn right now because you are an important person. All of you are here are the adults. And whether you have children or you don't have children, they're a great gift to give yourself this holiday season, too. And so we want right. to talk about those. So, Jessica, go ahead and take us in. What are some of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves? Uh, well, they're, they're not necessarily, you know, the things that always are on the top of everyone's mind is, you know, go get a massage or a, or a, or a pedicure or something, you know, do something like that. And it's actually funny, there's a chapter in my book that starts where I do that and I'm going, you know, paying for this expensive massage because I'm so stressed. And the massage therapist hearing that I'm getting divorced decides to just launch into all stories of all her friends who ended up penniless and destitute after their divorces. It's like, ah, oh, this is not, this is not what I need at this moment. Um, oh, goodness. Actually, you know, when, when you're used to living in a couple and you're used to living, you know, with, with, as a parent and you have job responsibilities and so many other things, um, I kind of had, without even realizing it, that this sort of wish list had been created of things that I wish that I could do, but of course I can't because I'm married, I have children, I have responsibilities. And when I, when the thing about splitting and parenting and, you know, the time that they spent with their parent, as I came to discover, is it is the best guilt-free babysitting there ever is. It's the only time that you can be... You know, have your children taken care of by somebody else and you're absolutely guilt-free, speaking of guilt. Um, so because they're with the other parents. So that time became this really special, ooh, what can I do that's just for me, those things that I just have not done all these years. And they were everything from um, planning a um, – weekend to go see my sister who was in across the country, you know, got some really inexpensive fare and spent the weekend with her or to see an old school friend or um, I would, there were some weekends that I would started, that's actually when I started taking my writing seriously because I started going to the writing conferences and retreats that I always fantasized about but knew that I could not go to because I, you know, had children to care for. Um, I went on a bicycle weekend once. There were even some days where I might just go into the city and spend a day at a museum by myself and have coffee by myself and wander and maybe have my notebook with me. And, you know, those private moments or times with friends, there are so many things that you just don't even realize that you haven't done for so many long, so many years when you're, you know, married and have children. And it was really wonderful to be able to, to do some of those things on my own, um, or reconnect with friends or visit people or be spontaneous or just independent. That was wonderful, a wonderful gift, uh, for me. And, and also, of course, that happened a lot during vacations when, the kids were off on one of those wonderful trips with their with their dad. You know, having gone through the the, the resentment over, oh, he can afford to take them to you know Spain or whatever. I, then when they were gone, I go, ooh, this time is all mine. And uh, let me tell you, most mothers know have a whole lot of things that they know that they would do if they had that kind of time. And so one of the, I just want to frame that in another way, because I know this comes up in the clients that I work with too, is that 
that permission to give yourself permission to actually enjoy that time and not feel guilty in the sense that, oh, will I look like a bad parent? Will I look like an unconcerned or uncaring parent, whether I'm their father or mother, if I'm enjoying the time off? Sometimes we can get ourselves into that story that if my kids are with their other parent, I'm supposed to just be missing them. Otherwise, it means that I'm not a loving and caring parent. And so a gift that we really want to encourage you to give yourself is permission to enjoy that time that you do have for yourself, that permission to make that wish list that Jessica's talking about. If any of you want this in writing, we will send you a permission slip right now. (laughs) Exactly. Right. I'm going to include that in my holiday game planning packet. Right, right, right. Exactly. Permission slip, yes. Yeah, so permission to enjoy it. So that is such a fabulous thing. Um, What else? Tell us what else because that's actually, that's fabulous. Permission to enjoy that time and pursue those things that you, you know, you you can do in that off time. Right. Well, it's it's permission slip, as I would say. You know, I think think it's really interesting. The experience of going through divorce got me pretty quickly over the feeling of worrying what I looked like <laughs> or what anybody might say or what anybody might think. It's like, oh, I, you know, I was beyond that. We already were having all those, oh, no, you're, we thought you were such a nice family. And, you're, you know, you kind of get beyond that fairly quickly. You learn who your real friends are. You learn whose opinion you care about. Um, but uh, it's it's not only do our, I think are we saying you have permission, I think we're saying you must go do this. You must go do this. Uh, it's going to make you a better parent, a better uh, person, um, and help you get through that process. Sometimes when people are kind of wallowing in the unhappiness of it, um, and, I, and, I, and they refer to my ex, my ex, my ex. You right. know, the word I hear is my. You know, there's a, there's a not letting go. So, you know, whether it means getting uh, some kind of professional help to really talk through those things or, um, or any other kind of support for, for going beyond that, uh, it, it's, it's very important to do that. It's not just permission. It's, it's you, must, you must do this. But also do it when you're ready. I'll also right. do it when you're ready. So there, Jessica, there was a lot of just hunkering down we did where we just, you know, I'm just not ready. And when people say, oh, why aren't you dating? You know, on your own time, on my own time. And it took me many years before I even started thinking about that. Uh, if, if I could just put in a little, a little side <laughs> plug. <laughs> people are saying, oh, you should, why aren't you dating or whatever? You know what? Don't listen. When you're ready, right. you'll be ready. So that is a second gift that really just naming it on our list of things to give yourself is permission to do this on your own time and in the way that feels right to you. Because we all know, just like the therapist, I mean, the massage therapist that you talked about who started telling you all the stories, everybody has their story, everybody has their journey and things like that, but really giving yourself permission to do it in your way and in your time and in the way and according to your values. And so... If there are people you do want to solicit some advice from because you really trust them and think that they can give you things that are helpful, then that's useful to do. But everyone else who just feels like they have permission to chime in on your life, give yourself permission to hold them at bay, to, you know, politely cut them off and say, you know, this is my story and my journey and permission to do it your way. 
And there's no right or wrongs. There's no supposed to's and should choose. How you organize your holiday, the traditions that you create, um, the things that you decide to do, you know, around the holidays and with your life, it's your story. And so a second thing we want you to consider giving yourself as a gift right now is that permission to own your journey and um, to own your time, to own your pace, and to earn your pathway there. Um, and really take that in because that enables you to be in to be in control and to be authentic. You know, I was with, uh, I had bir- a birthday, um, I, I was, so actually, no, 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 it was before her birthday, a friend who was about to have a birthday, but I was having dinner with a friend uh, recently who had recently been, you know, the big surprise was, you know, they'd been married, you know, 30 years or something and we're getting divorced. So it was news. Um, I don't think it was really that news to me. But when we were together, I, I mentioned something about, yeah, he contacted me and I, I heard that he was doing so-and-so very early into the conversation. And she said in this most gracious way, would you mind if we don't talk about him tonight? I'd like to have a nice evening. And it was so firm and it was so assertive, but gracious, not to make me feel mm-hmm. bad. Or do you, that I realized, you know, having a script, as I said before, for those kinds of moments um, was very, very useful for me. So if, if you could make a, a gift of getting the script, for example, if it's all right with you, let's change, would you mind if we change the subject? Or, you know, this is kind of boring to, this is a kind of boring subject. Oh, I don't want to go into it. It's too complicated. You know, have those sentences ready to protect yourself and to deflect all of those, um, those really kind of intrusive, uh, well-meaning often, uh, comments that in the end, when you use them, when I use them, it, you know, it makes me feel better about myself. And I say, you know, um, I, I'm going to have to think about that and get back to you on it. Or, right. or um, if you don't, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to go, it, you know, oh, I loved the one, you know, well, why are you getting divorced? Was it you? Was it him? And I, I had the script ready. I said, you know, it's way too complicated. I'm not even going to go into it. How's your son? <laughs> you know, so that that was very. These are just tools. These were useful tools. Wow, that is fantastic, and I love that. And that's definitely part of this holiday game plan. We're going to be talking about in just a minute because we're almost there. But um, in terms of also the permission to create boundaries. You know, you're really talking about like having those boundaries and having the game plan and the scripts ready, you know, of what's okay, what you feel like talking about, that you don't have to answer everyone's questions. You, If somebody says, oh, I'm so sorry, and you're not feeling sad at that moment or you don't want that, just the permission to be in this journey and to create the boundaries that enable you to be healthy and to, you know, feel good about what you're doing. I love that. And can I throw one more thing in because I want to see how this resonates with you? Um, I'd love for people to think about giving themselves permission to feel successful. You know, one of the things I hear so much initially, especially on my initial consultations with people, is that I feel like a failure. You know, I failed at marriage. Um, And they don't say my marriage failed typically. They feel like I failed at marriage and that they're not successful. And, you know, what does it mean to give yourself permission to feel successful, to change what the measuring and yardstick is for your success? So I want to say a little bit more, but what do you think about that idea, Jessica, to give yourself permission to not feel like a failure, but to feel successful? 
Well, you know, that it's a very good question because I think you're absolutely right. Um, I came out of the whole, you know, end of my marriage and going into the divorce with my, my self-esteem about, you know, an inch off the floor. Um, why that was, I don't know. You know, we both really, really tried to make the marriage work, but in the end, that's exactly how I felt. And then on top of it, you know, the, the sense of, um, I'm living in a world of couples and I'm a single woman and, you know, and I'll never have a love in my life again and all those feelings. Um, I also did not had, had stopped my career to have my children. So that's, also part of why I was financially kind of um, at a disadvantage that I, it's not like I had some Wall Street job that I was going back to. Thank goodness, because, you know, I, uh, I don't know how I would have, how good a job I would have done going through that. But I guess what I came to find is that, and I really believe this now, that self-esteem comes from doing esteemable things, even if they're mm. small things. And the self-esteem, you know, even something small like um, we're cooking pancakes together, guys, and I want you to do this and you to do this and you to do this, and that one hour of cooking pancakes together went well, and then they go off and, you know, a feeling of, you know what, this this was a successful hour. I did well there. Or to stretch and reach out and try and go to a, um, you know, when I started to try to develop a business, um, go to a business chamber of commerce um, networking meeting or, you know, or connect or go to a college reunion meeting. You know, every one of those things were acts that made me look at myself and say, okay, I did that. You know, it doesn't, for me personally, it doesn't come from affirmations. It doesn't come from, you know, telling myself that I'm really a good and whole and wonderful person. It's from doing something and then at the end of the day, looking back and saying, you know, I I accomplished something here and feeling good about that. Um, Sometimes it's just getting through an afternoon of something without having lost my temper with the kids. I could feel good about that, looking for those things. Just like, you know, any parent knows what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to catch your kids to build their self-esteem, catch them doing a good job at things and saying, oh, I like how you used red in that picture. Well, it goes that, it works the same way. You know, catch ourselves. You know, wow, I really organize these shelves. Very nicely. Those bookshelves look good. They've been a mess for years, and now they look good. It sounds silly. It sounds minor, but just catching yourself in, in those moments of, uh, of giving yourself a pat on the back. And I love that. I love that, catching yourself doing something good. And I think even if, you know, a marriage is coming to an end, Many times it's coming to an end because it's not the best situation for everyone. And the success can be having the courage to consider something else. The success can be supporting kids really well through the process and trusting in their resilience and their ability to adapt. And success can be, as you said, any of these small things. In any given day, we can beat ourselves up for any number of things that go wrong. 
we also have the option and opportunity to catch ourselves doing the really good things, doing the things that really are working and really are helping and are um, honoring ourselves, honoring our families. And it's just a matter of what we choose to fill into our system. Do we choose to fill into our system the beating up and the shame and the guilt and, you know, the sense of failure, or do we choose something else? And so the permission to feel like a success, to look at the things you've done really well and to keep catching yourself doing them. I love that phrase, Jessica. So well, I really feel so strongly about it. I hope that, that, you know, eventually people come around to a whole different feeling about divorce. I mean, uh, divorce to, is, is not about failure. Divorce is about, to me, divorce means that a couple tried and now they have a belief in a better future. And they've made a decision whether one couple, one person in the couple did it on less willing than the other. There's a decision to have a better life. And I think that divorce signals belief in a better future. Because the alternative is we're going to stay unhappy. And it's a sign of we refuse to stay unhappy. We're not staying unhappy. It's going to be, you know, really difficult to create that new real future, but we can do it and I can do it. And that's my job, you know, get up every day. That's my job. My job is going through the divorce and rebuilding this life. But having, knowing that I'm doing it for a better future. And I think that that's what I, I would, I wish people could come around to see divorce as something as a positive step. Well, I hope that as one of the gifts we give ourselves is the ability to consider that possibility and to allow that to ruminate inside of us until we feel like we can really um, adopt that fully and embrace it the way that you have. Through yeah, I know journey. it might be hard, it, you know, to think of that at first, but just to consider it. Yes. Right. And considering it as the first step. So we're at this place now, Jessica, we started to talk about some of these gifts and some of the ways people can get in touch with us and things like that. So I want to spend a few minutes here um, kind of talking to that and helping people to see what they can do this holiday season to, you know, take action on some of the things we've talked about and what gifts we have available to them. So the first thing I want to say, and I think this is even going to be a surprise to you, Jessica, but um, for everyone who is on the call live today, um, at the end of the call, we're going to cut the recording, we're going to give out a code, and everybody who came on live today is going to get a copy of Jessica's book. Um, a Kindle oh, version of Jessica's book. So everyone who is on and stuck with us until the end, we'll cut right. the recording, we'll give you the code word, and then when you get a follow-up email from the Mainline Family Law Center for being on this call, you will have the instructions as to how to send back the code word and where we're going to send your Kindle of Happily Ever After Divorce, Notes of a Joyful Journey too, and that is our first Christmas present or holiday present to you um, for this season so that you can have that as a companion through this journey. Um, oh, so we're love very excited. And, and my email is on, address is on there, and I, I love hearing from readers who, who write to me about, you know, what they may or may not have identified with in the book. So I really do hope that it brings a lot of joy to people. Thank you so much. That's, my publisher thanks you too. <laughs> Absolutely. And the second gift we have for you, because Jessica and I talked a lot today about, you know, things that you can do for yourself, things you can do for your kids, and we both know it's really hard. This is not easy work. Jessica has traveled the journey, and I have traveled the journey, and we know that when you are in the tough place, it is almost impossible to see 
how you're going to find your way out of it or what could possibly be there. And it's a lot of work. And so knowing that and knowing that I've been already working with the clients that I have about preparing for the holidays is that, you know, I wanted to really give a gift. So right now um, through Divorce Essentials is I have an offer going and I'm going to make it even better for us here um, is I already have an offer out there for very targeted holiday game plan coaching sessions. These are 45-minute power sessions that are just about how to help you find more joy and have a greater sense of relief, but really find some joy this holiday season, whether you're considering, navigating, recently post-divorce, and if you just are really struggling with how something's going to happen, how you're going to feel better, how you're going to arrange something for your kids, how you're going to do meals, give gifts, whatever the issue is, We're going to create a game plan because, as Jessica said, the game plan puts your head in the mindset, gives you a lot more confidence and strength. So right now, my initial special offer rate is, you know, these sessions are for $100. But if you're on this call, and even if you are listening into this call, these are going to – we're discounting that even further. And so these are going to be $50 calls. These involve a full pre-coaching packet to help you start to organize all of your thoughts and begin the process of creating your game plan, that 45-minute coaching call, and a follow-up kind of detail of what your game plan is. And it's a tremendous value. You are going to see tremendous benefit. I've already had some of these sessions with um, clients who've been calling me, and it is just amazing how things can shift and turn. You can't not give yourself this gift. If, if you are at all concerned or struggling with the holidays, for $50, you can give yourself a gift that is going to bring relief and joy into your holidays and pay dividends for you through into the new year, too. And so we really want to make that offer. So in the follow-up email to that as well, you're going to have a link into my special offer. They're being offered on four days, December 12th, 13th, 17th, and 19th, so starting tomorrow. And so you could sign up today and even um, get a session on tomorrow. Um, but I encourage you for the um, 13th, 17th, or 19th, has a little bit more lead time for you to do your planning and things like that. So please consider giving yourself that gift. So when you get that reply back, if you are interested, you're going to have instructions about how to click here and go ahead and set up for that holiday game plan offer. We are so excited for that. Um, And following this call, as I said, we're going to cut the recording in a minute, um, but Jessica wants to give us a little closing that's going to send us off. Um, And just before she does that, I also want to encourage you, if you have want to know anything more about what this coaching thing is about for divorce, what kind of supports you can get, go to divorceessentials.net. If you have any questions about mediation, how to pursue a healthy divorce, please go to the myhealthydivorce.com website. It is so completely filled with amazing resources. The mediators are fabulous people if you're in the greater Philadelphia area and that's something you're considering. And it's all about taking just the next baby step of gaining information and becoming educated, um, even if you're not sure exactly where you're going to go. So take advantage of those resources. You're not alone. Get the support that you need. So, Jessica, before I give that code word, I want to, you know, give the final word to you here because you had a story you wanted to share with us as the closing for today. Right. And it's something that I, the, the holidays and Christmas season makes me think about, uh, the holiday season. When the first year, we lived in a neighborhood where there was a the, the, couple, the families, uh, the neighbors were all were very social and there was a holiday party for the neighborhood. And the first year that I went, 
as a single person. Um, and of course, those just one more of those, you know, parties when I didn't feel like partying. And, and um, there was a woman actually it was hosted in her house. And I know that she had gone through a divorce. Right. Uh, in a year, couple of years before, and I know that it was a, she was very wealthy, and it was it was very public, and I remember seeing her, you know, in town, and you could see that darkness and that heaviness about her, and and um, but we were at this Christmas party in her house, and I noticed her there that she just sort of had this kind of. She just looked completely different. She looked about ten years younger. She looked lighter. Her hair was like frizzy and not styled it was delightful and and i was talking to her and you know and we connected and she said how are you and i said well we've just separated and we're getting a divorce and she looked at me and she just kind of had this soft smile and she looked like very knowing and she said i'll just say one thing to you you will smile again and that meant everything to me in that moment because it meant that she knew what I was feeling at the time, which was, am I ever going to be happy again? I'll never. And here she had come through it and come down through the other side. And it was just a very simple but hugely meaningful gift uh, to let me know that she had come out on the other end and, uh, and that I would. And you know what? She was right. And I will say to you... Whatever it is you're feeling and however these holidays are looming, uh, you will smile again. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Divorce Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. You can find me, Sharon Pastore, or my partner, Chris Pastore, at MyHealthyDivorce.com. If you like this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, you can have a healthy divorce. It's how you divorce that matters.